0: All right guys, welcome back to the Travis Jones podcast. Today I get to grill Travis Jones, founder and director of RBT Gyms, about management and basically how he manages nearly a hundred staff, fifteen gyms in different locations. Like you've got gyms in Western Australia, mate, like which is what, like a seven hour flight? It's like four thousand kilometers away. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough and it's also different, different managing structures for different people, different levels, different companies because we've got the other companies as well. Yeah. So it's understanding correct managing rhythms um, inside your company and I think that's one of the biggest things that holds most businesses back because they do all this stuff on a whim, right? And you can, you can get to 200K, 300K as a business, probably even up to 500K as a gym um, with not too many management systems and all of a sudden you're at this glass ceiling. You can't break through uh, Because it's the management systems that actually allow you to Scale allow you to outsource yourself because it's the systems that actually take care of the business and I think that's what I'm cr- I'm Looking forward to talking about today
0: so Like what happens if you're like not a good manager like so say you've got a gym and it's starting to go a little bit better and um, and you know you're you want to take a holiday you know you want to take your wife for a holiday for the first time in five years since you opened your gym you know like it's a really common story for heaps of fit pros um or like for some reason you get a bit sick or like um because you've got so many more clients you need to like start outsourcing other tasks like where do you where do you even start um with like hiring staff and managing staff and
1: yeah it's an interesting one man like I, i Being a PT for the first eight years, like obviously being there for like 16 years in the industry now, the first eight years was so rigid with time. Um, You know, you you have to book in your time, you go into the bathroom and peeing um, and you get so much on the clock as far as like every 45 minutes or every hour you're doing these sessions. I do like eight hours a day, nine hours a day of training sessions. You know, when I first opened the gym, I sort of went anti-schedule because it's like, no, I'm doing my own thing now. I'm going to work on my own timeline. And This is such an entrepreneurial thing that you do. Um, You go anti-schedule and you start to do things that you enjoy doing and you sort of stop doing the things that need to get done. When we're looking at management systems, they sort of start with the person and being able to control themselves. It's controlling, you know, your own schedule. It's controlling your priorities. It's controlling your task management. You know, it's like understanding, like, do you actually have priorities and are you sticking to them? It's do you have you know, your own development plans, you have your own monthly structure you're looking towards. And I think all of this, it's like before you even looking at hiring someone, you have to understand it's like, do you have yourself sorted? Um, because you are, you have no right actually hiring someone unless you can manage yourself because managing a company starts with managing yourself first.
0: Yeah, like um, so many people try and outsource like sales, um, you know, before they've even managed to work out sales themselves. Right. Um, it's like, how do you expect for your salesperson to perform at an elite level if you haven't been able to manage yourself to perform at an elite level in sales?
1: I, I think that's such an interesting thing. Like as the, you know, you wear so many hats as a business owner at the start, you're the technician, you're the entrepreneur, like you're literally, you're, you're the business, owner. like you're everything and anything at the start. Now with this, you, know, you have to understand, do you have clear KPIs and do you have KPIs for yourself on sales? If you've never had KPIs for yourself, then please don't put KPIs on your staff because you have to understand what is possible. You have to understand, and not a pipe dream of what is possible, but what is actually possible in the business. If it's two sales a day every single day and they can get 60 sales a month and okay, well, let's create some KPIs. Maybe the minimum expectations... For your staff is forty sales a month into your business. Maybe that is what the minimum is. And if they hit sixty or hit seventy, well, that's when they can get bonuses and commission and appreciation. Because no, you don't get you don't get uh, commissions and bonuses for doing your job. Right? <laughs> I think you have to understand that, and you have to understand what is possible in the KPIs uh, to actually develop a team and actually manage a team. I think that is one of the most crucial things. It's like understanding your key numbers. What is your retention? What is your suspension? What is your sales? What is your upsells? What is is your average dollar? Because if you don't know these numbers, like every number gives you the ability to manage people. What is your attendance rate? What is, like, your show, like, you have to understand it is because what happens is every number will tell a story in your business. And if you don't know your numbers, you don't don't know the story your business is telling you. If you don't know the story your business is telling you, you can't manage it. Because if a low attendance rate is happening and 70% of people are showing up to Johnny's sessions and 90% are showing up to, you know, Amber's sessions, Well, clearly there's something happening with Johnny. Maybe we're looking, we can go into and actually manage him on, you know, his performance or the way he's queuing and coaching and maybe it's his energy levels. We can start to manage him around that and all of a sudden the story, because of the numbers, shows you who to talk to and then you can manage those people because if people aren't showing up to sessions, you know that they're an at-risk member and if they're an at-risk member for long enough, you know they're going to be a cancelled member and they stop paying you and you stop getting them results. So mm. every single number in your business tells a story. So before again you can manage someone, you have to understand the numbers.
0: I mean, like that's so fascinating being able to watch you and how you operate with RBT and um like you know your numbers better than any other client or gym owner that we've ever had. Um and it's just like such a massive comparison. Um, you know, when clients come to us and they need help and we just say stuff like, Well, how many leads do you need to get this week? And they're like as many as possible or like they just have no idea like what the actual answer is like like for you travel like i'll put you on the spot right now how many leads does rbt need to hit in this this week
1: so when we're looking at we hit about 25 leads a week every single gym right and that's yep. what we have so we hear 80 to 100 leads on a monthly basis for our rbt at skulls we normally sit around per, a location, 100 yeah. per location so we hear about 1500 leads a month Now with this, we know that we have about 45% conversion rate across our gyms and that gives us the 700 odd sales into our paid trial on the front end. And then with a 50% upsell, it gives us about 350 upsells on a monthly basis as well. Now, if you're aiming at a five to six cancellation percentage across your company at volume, cancellation goes slightly higher. But if you're aiming at five to six cancellation, we've got two and a half thousand members right now. It's like, okay, cool. I know I'm growing by plus 100 members per month as a company. And that's a very macro level, right? if I break yeah. it down to a micro level, okay, okay, what can we do right now? Well, we can go, we need 80 leads every single month. And that means if my cost per lead is $20 a lead, I need to spend $1,600 every single month because it's managing finances or managing your marketing is the same as managing people because like now I need to know my expectations on a daily basis. If I'm going to do it over three weeks and not over four weeks, so I have a week break in between my marketing, so I have $1,600 to spend over 21 days, I'm going to spend approximately like $80 a day. I'm going to hit my KPIs as far as money spent to leads coming in. And that means I've got my eighty leads. Now, okay, cool. That means if I've got eighty leads over twenty-one days, I want to hit about forty sales. That means I need to hit two sales a day. That's my twenty-mile march every single day. There was a there's a story about the guys um across Antarctica who was in the book Good to Grab by Jim Collins. And there was one team who did seventy miles, and the next day they had to rest, and they did fifty miles, and they had to rest. Whereas there's one the other team, they literally every single day, no matter what, it's like a twenty-mile march. And I tell everyone that I coach, it's like, you have to find out what your 20 mile marches are. And this person, for example, it could be a 20 mile march of, you know, once you hit two sales, that's it, that's it for the day. But you might have an upper threshold and a bottom threshold. It might be one to three. If you hit one to three sales every single day inside your 20 mile march as a business, that means you will hit your 40 sales in your 20 days or 21 days. And it's like, yes, I'm succeeding. I know what winning is and I want to know what losing is. And I must hit my 20 mile march. And then I can manage my sales. And then we look at okay, let's managing the expectations as far as what, what story, what do we have to do to manage our um, our cancellations or our retention rate? Well, every single one of our people at RBT, say they're looking after 50 members, then they could look, they could reach out to okay, every single day, ten of their members, because there's five days of the week, and there's four staff. They reach out to 10 members each, each, each day, and that's, they're going to reach out to every single one of their members every single week. And I know that in, outside our clubs, there's 40 people inside a club getting reached out to every single day. It could be a text message, a personalized blog, it could be an email, but there's like something individual to them. It's like, I saw you doing great with your back squats today. and Send them a text message and show them, you know, we're looking at words of appreciation or words of affirmation as far as the love languages. It might be reaching out to them and getting them a coffee. You might be sending them something on Uber Eats just because you're a gangster and you want to go show them gifts because that's who you are. And it's trying to move your company. That's what we're trying to do with RBT is giving them a budget every single gym and each staff member has this 50 year budget that they can you know, spend on their staff, on their members each month. And they can allocate that month to month where they know where to give the gifts out. They know where to have the coffees. They know who to give the appreciation to because they know how to manage them, their members to get the best out of them. And if they're doing 10 of those every single day, all of a sudden retention goes through the roof, cancellations drop down, which means sales don't have to happen as much, which means they're fulfillment in their jobs, a lot of them, because a lot of them don't love sales. They do sales. Okay? But then they make, all of a sudden they've got more fulfillment because they don't have to spend as much time selling because they're keeping the members. And they're keeping the members, that means they're getting more results. And this is all coming from numbers guys. It's understanding your numbers, which means you can understand the stories, which means you can understand how to actually manage your staff.
0: Yeah. Like that quote, what gets measured gets managed. Like it's just, it's so true. And like, it's so funny because fit pros like in business, they do exactly what their most annoying fitness clients do with weight loss. It's just like, as you said, like the 20 mile march, it's like, no, Steve, don't try and lose 10 kilos this week. Like that's stupid. And you're going to set yourself up for failure and then you're going to get really disheartened. And then next week, you're going to have beers every night and eat way too much chocolate cake. And then you'll be back where you started. No, lose 500 grams every week, just consistently what gets measured gets managed. How many sessions do you need to show up for this week? And that sort of stuff like that. It blows my mind that you know that like, yeah, you've got 10 um, outreach individual messages sent per club per day and like that's just you know that's getting sent out and I assume like how do you track that I assume you do that through the daily huddle can we talk about the daily huddle because people don't know about Trav's daily huddles they're awesome
1: so when we're looking at this like um, every single business has a rhythm right and you can have a rhythm of management meetings you can have a rhythm of, of team meetings and also a rhythm of daily huddles so what we look at is you know every single huddle moves all the way up to me now there's a dog about to attack me. Um, now with these guys, what happens is there's this daily huddle in our clubs, and each of the guys come together with the manager of that club to start with. And as they come down, they go with their key numbers. Okay, what sales we've we got? What at-risk members do we have right now? What's happening with our with our essentially what happened yesterday is our focus, which is getting out to those ten members. Everyone did it? Yes, 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 yes. Cool. Now we have these numbers from the daily huddle. They'll go to the next huddle, and the huddle for them is like eight thirteen. Okay, 8.13 every morning, there's a daily huddle. And why 8.13? Why,
0: why, so, why, why that number?
1: <laughs> specific numbers get remembered, right? Yeah. So like when we're looking at this, they do their 8.13 huddle and then all of a sudden that manager will have a huddle with their regional manager. So then they'll report their numbers. Okay, cool. We've got our 40 outreach done. We've got our four sales done. and We've got our two sales done. We've got one at risk. Remember, this is what's happening. And then they'll go to that next level. And what will happen is then we'll come to me and we'll have our three regional managers, we'll have our management team, and it's like I'll just we'll just spin across all the numbers. This is the top level numbers for the business, and then we're going okay, cool. We got like three hundred or four hundred of our of our outreach towards our teams done. We got three cancellations pending right now. We've got eighteen sales coming through, and it's like I, there's, there's a hum of a business, right? And you don't have to do three levels for us. Like my huddles are ten twenty-one with my regional managers every single day. And we, we go through this. So there's specific times for specific huddles. And for me, that gives me a, a daily rhythm for me to have my finger on the pulse of what's going across every single gym across the country at on a 24-hour on a uh, basis. And I think having that such a, a crucial rhythm allows you to, um, see what's going on because if if I can see something that's out of order then I go that numbers off let's have a chat one-on-one after the huddle and I can then talk one-on-one to the regional we can dig deep about the number the huddle is a 10-minute meeting maximum It's nothing more than that you go around with the numbers nine you ask, minutes. <laughs> yeah nine minutes right you ask everyone their daily focus it's like what's your focusing on today and did you do your focus yesterday um, and that's it like you get it done um, and we know what everyone's focused in. At the start of the day, the next huddle, it's like, did you do focus, yes or no, what happened? Um, and we go again. And having this such a, a clear way to run your company allows you to continually moving forward. You know, you're moving forward on your weekly objectives, your 12-week objectives and monthly objectives. And it allows you to make sure that you are always staying on track because if you're only doing it on a weekly basis or a fortnightly basis, you know, and you didn't do it for 10 days or your team really didn't do it for those 10 days, you missed out so much ground. You weren't doing your 20 mile march. You know, if we didn't touch base and they weren't doing the 10 outreach for 10 days, that could be a hundred members that weren't getting touched, like touch base with. Like Mm -hmm. that's crazy. Um, That means so many more at-risk members, so many lives that weren't changed. Uh, I think that's what you have to look at as far as management.
0: So you like talk all the time about like winning the day and winning the week. It's just like if you don't have these numbers how do you know whether you're gonna win the day or not like oh sure you could have like got heaps done but like that means nothing really when you need to figure out what actual numbers do you need to track what's like again like fat loss all right if i'm um you know a skinnier girl that you know needs to eat less than 1900 calories to lose her five kilo goal um over x period of time like all she has to know is did i eat less than 1900 calories today and like straight away every 24 hours she can report yes that's what i did i won the day i got what gets measured gets managed
1: but also, it's making sure you're measuring the right numbers, right? Because so many people, like you said before, busy is not productive. When we're looking at work rate of anyone playing footy, okay, because it's a very easy thing for you to look at. So, if someone's doing like 60 tackles a game, that could be like a pretty good person, right? It's like, oh, my God, you're smashing 60 tackles at that game. That's great. But you're looking at the tackles, not the scoreboard. So, they could be crushing 60 tackles a game and losing by 100 points every single game. Right. It's like it's not just how many touch points or how many calls you made. It's like how many conversations did you have? You know, making sure you're tracking the right KPIs as a manager that actually attribute to the scoreboard and knowing what that scoreboard is on a daily basis. So, you know that what your work rate needs to be, because if you're just working and being busy without any type of progression because you don't understand the scoreboard it's very easy to slip into unfulfillment and if you have unfulfilled staff they will start to lack appreciation they'll feel like they're lacking growth and they'll start looking for somewhere else to go and work
0: all right i'm gonna like grill you a bit on this even more because i find it so fascinating and like no one does it that's the thing like no gyms like they have like weekly meetings and stuff but it's just a meeting and it's just to be like how's everyone going kind of thing but like You're like, every day is like a daily huddle. And like one of the most common questions you get is, how do I do this when I've got trainers that aren't there because they're not rostered on? They might have a morning shift or an afternoon shift.
1: I think it's really easy, man. It it comes down to start with like your core values. So if our core values, just get them on a phone call. Hey guys, at 9.03, every single day we have a phone call. It doesn't matter if you're rostered on or rostered off. Um, You know, we'll take off the 10 minutes off your week or 50 minutes, if that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do. Like, don't do anything illegal. Um, you know, keep it keep it legal. But most of the guys, if they are part of your core values, like RBT is the result-driven, right? That is one of our biggest core values. So how do we get our result? Well, we make sure we do our daily huddle. You want to be are you a result-driven person? Yes. What's it look like? You go above and beyond. Okay, well, getting on our daily huddle every single day is that. What it doesn't look like if you're not result-driven, so everyone understands it's black and white. What does it look like to live by our core values? What does it not look like to live by our core values? So it's like you're in or you're out, right? I think it's very crucial to understand for this for people. And your core values and for people to understand, your know, ours are inspired, it's and educate, community-driven, it's result-driven, community result if they know what it is to live by our core values and not then you can actually start to rank people. I just did a video just before on a nine block on how to understand when to hire people, when to fire people, when to you know give people promotions and praise. But when we're looking at this, if someone is a, a three, so there's one is a high on the core values and someone is a three on the core values, you really need to have that crucial conversation. Okay, they're like, oh, I don't want to do this huddle thing. Like, I'm not rostered on. I like, well, you know, why why, are you, why, do you feel like you don't have to do it? Or why do you feel like you don't want to do it? And it's really being able to have this crucial conversation, which allows you to be a leader. It's giving them feedback. Well, you know, we understand that you aren't rostered on, but it's 10 minutes, okay? And we will pay you for the 50 minutes for the week, if that's what we're doing. And... For us, it allows us to be result-driven. It allows us to come together as a team so we can essentially beat the common enemy, which is obesity, okay? And this allows us to understand what's happening with your members. So instead of us having one-on-one meetings every single day for me to get this data off you, we can move forward together because united like the mighty ducks inside their flying V, you're stronger together than you are apart. And the team coming together is is the best thing you can possibly do.
0: People want to be part of it, something bigger, right? So, like, I love that what you said then, like, our big enemy is obesity and, like, changing yeah. people's lives. It's like, it's not just a job for them at RBT. It's like, no, we're part of something. Like, we're creating a movement and we're, like, we're actually doing something that matters on, like, a national scale.
1: I think the more you can help them intertwine their job into and understand what their KPIs on a daily basis mean to their gym and then for us our company then they're more likely to do the above and beyond they go oh what i do matters okay and the more someone can say that like what i do matters then they'll get fulfillment enjoyment and they'll love working for you because they can understand the bigger picture they can understand this daily hurdle is a crucial aspect for the working rhythm of this company so we can stay on course navigated towards 200 lives changed a year And this is a crucial aspect to see if we're on or off course. And that's why we do the daily huddle.
0: So have you, obviously you have, but like, um, give me an example of someone in the past that has kind of pushed back on your daily huddle. Like, have you had to fire this person? Like if you, you had a crucial conversation or like, what did you have to do to like get them to buy in?
1: Like, I think sometimes buying comes down to leadership, right? So there's two different things. is leadership and management. Management is how you run your business. Leadership is getting people to buy into you and your dreams. Um, and I think the law of buying comes from down from trust, credibility, honesty, vulnerability. So we have these character traits that allow you to be a great leader. And we will do a full podcast on leadership. That is a whole nother topic. Yeah. But if you don't have buy-in from your team, they will 100% push back on your daily huddle, on your management style, on anything you're trying to implement, because if they don't have buy-in to you as a leader, then you can never manage them. And I've seen this countless times with managers inside RBT and managers inside other gyms. If they don't believe in you, if you don't have the courage to like lay down your sword and like die on the sword for them, like that's crucial. If you can't be honest with them and also vulnerable with them, like, you know, they want to have buying to you. If you can't, you know, essentially pay set and do the job and sweep the floor, right? Like, they can't, they won't have buying to you. Like, the law of buying, as John Maxwell says with leadership, is one of the most crucial laws. And that comes down to credibility. And having credibility just comes down to the character traits that are crucial for anyone to be a good person. And the better the person you are, and the more charisma you have, and the more honesty you have, and the more passion you have and the more trust that you can have with them, and the more they understand that you go out of their way for them, then that will start to do it for you. And then it's not even a question, do I get onto this huddle? It's like, TJ, my leader, asked me to do this, and I'm not even going to question him. And when they start to question you, you know you have a problem with leadership, not management.
0: Yeah, and like we've talked about this before like privately around you know it's your duty to be the best version of yourself because that's what actually lift, lifts people up your clients and your staff like if people can see that you're striving to push your own personal boundaries and striving just to be better like people want to be around that like it's in, infectious like you all everyone listening here has those type of friends or family that they just don't want to hang around because they just they're vampires they just suck the life and energy out of people because they complain and then there's other people that they just love hanging out with because they light up the room it's just like they' they're funny they're inspiring they like have a great outlook on life and you just want to be around them and it's like your staff is no different and, and your clients right like you as a person it's it's such a massive thing like how important you see yourself and personal development and how hard you work on bettering yourself because it just flows on how can you expect to, can you expect to like tell your staff to be better if you you don't care like if you're five kilos overweight, like, you know, I know it's not a big thing, right? But, like, you know, you, you personally in the past have been, like, let, you, let your um, body go a little bit for your standards. Um, but, like, in the last couple of years, man, you've been a machine. Like.
1: Because, like, you get what you tolerate in life, right? And I tolerated, I, had the, I tolerated the stories I told myself. And I think that's the truth, right? You tolerate the story. You're busy or this is happening or that's happening. And you, you, you get what you, you know, the standards you keep in life. And I didn't, I had shoulds, not musts. So I change my shoulds to musts. Like I must train. Like it makes me feel good. It makes me be a better leader. It gives me more energy. I leave a better legacy for my kids. Like I don't, I don't care if you've had a long day, right? I think the biggest thing is it's looking at the Seinfeld strategy, which is, um, you know, he wrote down, he had this big calendar up on the wall. And for me, that was the biggest thing with, um, exercise and getting myself back my shit together again, which is like used to utilizing the Seinfeld strategy because I know that every habit or the habits the crucial habits and the fundamental for me is like a crucial domino that knocks over all the other dominoes. If I train, then I sleep better and I eat better. If I eat better like if I eat better it doesn 't mean I train and then I probably just sleep crap and i 'll start eating bad the next day. So my domino habit is training, and I use that also with that Seinfeld strategy, which means that I will never miss a day in a row. And I think that's one of the most crucial things. When Jerry Seinfeld was trying to be the best comedian in the world, the highest paid comedian, he wrote jokes every single day. He had this massive calendar on the, on the wall. And every single day he wrote uh, 30 minutes of jokes, he just put his cross. And then he put another cross. And his whole goal was to try and not break the chain, make the chain as long as he possibly can. And if he ever broke the chain, make sure he only ever broke the chain by one day. And I think we can take that into management, right? We can, like, that's how he managed himself to get success And success leaves clues. So maybe you never go, you only ever go more than one day without making a sale. And you will make a sale, okay? And you will do this. Or never go more than one day without reaching out to 10 members. Like if you break the chain, that's fine. But never break the chain by more than one day. And that's management. And that's habits. And that's your character of who you are. And I think that's such a a crucial thing for you to understand.
0: Yeah, I mean like Jerry's talking about stories. Jerry Seinfeld was doing this and he was already like one of the richest comedians in the world. Like had like this TV show that like all comedians dream of having, like he's just, he'd reached success, but he still did it. And it's like, he could tell himself the story of like, well, I don't really need to do that anymore. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty high up there, but like, that's not why he did it. He did it because he knew it was, you know, his potential. He wanted to keep improving because that's what he's been put on this earth to do is like, to become better comedian, to write better jokes, and so he just kept doing it. Like even though, yeah, he could have stopped, but that was would have been like a bullshit story. Like he could have told himself, and then that flows onto every everything else, right? It's like every other aspect of your life. You know, you would well, live always say how you do one thing is how you do everything.
1: That's it, man. I was gonna, That's literally what I was about to say how you do one thing in life is how you do everything. And I think for yourself, you're managing yourself first, and right? that comes back to that the start. Do you have your schedule? Do you have your KPIs? Do you have your structure for your week, your day? Do you understand when you're doing content? And then do you let yourself off if you don't do it? Do you start making excuses? Because as soon as you start making excuses and you don't do what you said you would do, all of a sudden you're creating a precedent for your staff that's okay to not do what you said you would do. And the same as with your staff is a micro life. If you see a member coming in And it's like, oh, you like, oh, I don't want Julie to see me. And you walk off, it's like, oh, it's okay to do that now. Or it's like, they come in and you make that micro lie. It's like, tell them I'm not here, right? That's a micro lie. And it's like, okay, cool. It's fine to lie to our members now. And every single thing that you do creates the standards for your staff, even when you don't consciously think about it. So it's the way you talk, the micro lies you have, to do what you said you do, would do mentality. It's structuring your day. When you say you're going to get something done, you get it done for them, even if it's like ah, so I didn't sleep last night because I had to get it done. That's what you do because you, as a leader, said you were going to do it. And yes, sometimes shit happens and then you need to go in there and it's not going, hey, Liam, I just didn't get that done, man. It's like you go in there and seek forgiveness and you give vulnerability. Mm. And it's like, Liam, like this happened, man. I apologize so much. This is not who I am as a person. I feel like I let you down. I just want to say, like, I will make up for you and I'll get it done by today. Like, I apologize for this. Is this okay? And it's like, shit, like, man, like, you're just going to give me a nutrition plan. It's okay. <laughs> um, but it's like, like, the the one time that you don't do what you said you were going to do, like, you need to, to make that such a big thing. Because... All of a sudden, it starts to creep in habitually again. And then all of a sudden, you don't do it again. You don't do it again. You don't do it again. Again, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And the hero's version of yourself isn't that little bitch that keeps making excuses. The hero's version of yourself is the one that steps up to the plate and fucking knocks it out of the ballpark. I think that's what you've got to remind yourself. Like running a business is not easy. Everyone's like, Oh, but it's so tiring. Yeah, you've got a 96% chance of failure. Like fuck, you got 2% chance of making a million dollars. That shit is not easy. You are literally like a modern day gladiator going into the arena. And you are the 20 people in there. And one of you will get out surviving. You must slay down 19 other business owners to survive. And guys like This is not saying, ah, fuck you, competition. It's the reality of understanding in 10 years' time, there's 20 businesses that started in that arena, 19 died. Literally, they're dead. The business is gone. And that is you. Do you have what it takes to live in the world of the Von day gladiator, which is entrepreneurism, entrepreneurialism? Now, with this, guys, that's the crucial thing. Now, do you think the person who has good habits and who does what they said they were going to do and, you know, has the integrity and manages their time and, you know, is on track with their tasks and creates the Kaizen culture and people keep showing up, do you think they're the winner? Yeah, for sure. What about the person who keeps making excuses or keeps living inside their comfort zone or doesn't have the crucial conversations and lets shit slide because, oh, it's just hard. Like, who do you think is going to win and who do you think is going to lose? it's a fucking stupid question because you know the answer but which one are you choosing to be today as a manager of your team.
0: Fuck man like I'm just like listening I'm like so relevant because <laughs> cuz
1: <'cause> yesterday
0: <laughs> yesterday like we had this conversation right and, I, and we were talking about the new YouTube and um, Facebook videos that we're going to launch to help gyms with their marketing and I'm like right I need to, I need to do these videos man I'm going to do one today. I didn't do it right and like the this is the thing it's just like i forgot that my wife and i had dinner last night with friends and i forgot that that was on i planned on doing it tonight and this is the thing like it's we don't make ex- we don't think we're making excuses making
1: justification.
0: I, I legit i legit was like oh it's not an excuse like i had dinner last night like we had to go out like i, I couldn't do it like it's not an excuse but of course it is like it's an excuse <laughs> like it's oh. it's results or reasons like anytime you have don't do the result. The only other explanation is that you've got a reason why you didn't do the result.
1: Yeah, it's just victim mentality, right? So victim mentality falls into blame, excuses, or denial, um, or justification.
0: So justification, justification, right? Justification, like We, we justify our, our own bullshit. Yeah. And like
1: for you last night, right? Like, and man, like everyone does it. But again, just don't do it two days in a row. Because as soon as you start doing it two days in a row, that's when it becomes a habit. Yeah. Right? You, and it's like same as pressing snooze. You press snooze once, you press snooze two days in a row. It's very easy to press it the third day because it's already a habit now and you just fucked yourself.
0: I love the idea of like the snooze thing as well because it's just like, it doesn't seem like a big deal because you're just like, oh, i just push snooze like a couple of times. like, But then it's like, well, what type of person are you that puts click snooze like three times like because i used to be like a habitual snoozer like all the time and then i just like one day i woke up and i was just like the best version of liam doesn't like cringe when his alarm goes off and go oh just please 10 more minutes like that's weak like and even though it doesn't really make a difference to my day whether i push snooze or not like it matters to me as a person and how i see myself
1: well that's step one of the choices you made in the day Yeah. So I I read this. I read something the other day, and this is going to fucking blow your mind. Again, it was another Abraham Maslow thing, right? So every single day, we have a choice to be the better version or the worse version. And that's either plus one or or minus one. So plus one, you get out of bed. Minus one, you press snooze. So then all of a sudden, it's not just minus one, you're two points away from your greatest self. Not Mm. one point, because you would have gone one forward, but you've gone one back. And then all of a sudden, the next thing is like, I didn't hit the gym. Or I snapped a little. I was like, okay, now I'm minus another one. So I'm four points away. And then I ate the wrong bread. I'm six points away. And it's like all of a sudden, at the end of the day, you could be like 100 or 300 or 500 points away from your greatest self. All from these incremental stupid fucking things that don't matter. It's, <laughs> so, it's <laughs> so true though. Stupid fucking things. Yeah. But, like, they don't matter, but they add up. Because all the little shit just like every calorie, right? They add up over time. And it's like if you keep pressing snooze and you snooze for 20 minutes, seven days a week, right? Well, you just lost an hour 40, right? You know, every single month, you just lost like two days, mm-hmm. right? You know, that means you're losing like 24 days a year of snoozing. You fucking, how much, what could you do with that? You could do right. a fucking lot, right? Like What's you could it- do, much was, no sorry it's like five days a month no it's like five hours a month right so it's like twenty minutes a day it's an hour forty a week that means it's like six hours a month six hours a month so that's like course like, cool. like it's like four days a year nearly four full days a year you're gonna lose yeah that's still a lot imagine if you dialed four sales days. for four days straight if you dialed sales for four days straight and just didn't sleep like that, that'd probably be a hundred sales if you just crushed it like that. But like if you think that's like that's a difference of a hundred thousand dollars. You pressing snooze for twenty minutes is a hundred K decision. Now if you said that instead each morning, this is gonna cost me a hundred thousand dollars to press snooze this morning, you're gonna get your fucking shit out of bed. Yeah.
0: It's crazy, man. Like personally, like it like doing doing that plus one minus one thing, it's so funny that's that you mentioned cool. that. Because like I discovered that as well. And I literally had a, like a Google sheet and I would write down every time the best version of myself did something and every time the not the best version of myself did something. I was yeah. just like, I just, like, I only lasted like three hours, right? Because it was like so yeah. long to track yeah. everything. <laughs> but like in that three hours, like I was just, my mind was blown just like how little, like little shortcuts like I was taking, like, like I'd make myself like some cereal for breakfast and then i just, I'd go and wash my bowl in the sink or whatever and then I'd see like oh there was a bit of um, like crap on the bench from dinner last night I'll just leave that and I walk away and then I was just like oh man no the best version of Liam like doesn't just go oh no I'm ignoring that because that's lazy it's just like there's no need for me to do that like and so like I would go back and actually like do it and like and it's just like just doing little stuff like that throughout the day it completely changed the way that I saw myself as a person like i was just like no like liam doesn't do stupid shit like that doesn't do lazy stuff like that like if there's a task to be done like you just do it properly like if you see something that's not there don't ignore it like you just got to do it um and it completely changed me as a person like just from doing this, like dishes and snoozing right like two things that doesn't seem like it makes a difference to business but it does because it changes you
1: again man because it does change you because you're disciplined because management is discipline I think that's the biggest thing, leadership and management and discipline. It's like management, if I said I was going to do content at 3.30 on a Friday afternoon, it's the discipline to even though I'm tired as fuck right now, I was like, no, man, I said I was going to do it. And you do what you said you're going to do. If I didn't do this, I would let you down right now. And if I let you down, then I lose integrity with our relationship. And then also, for me, I've got this whiteboard up here, right? Um, with everything I need to do each week. Absolutely. And like, I break my dashes, and I fucking crush it, right? Like I am like crushing life at the moment because it's like whenever I, it's in my face constantly, I don't just do what I said I'm going to do. I do what I do what I said I'm going to do plus 20% because I, I, when I track shit, am an overachiever, okay? And that's just who I am. But if you're not tracking it, you won you don't know if you're winning, but you always half bake it as well. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden you slip into the worst version of yourself. So we make it excuse excuse, I can't do content, I don't have time. Well, we're just turning up for a fucking podcast and chatting. And giving the knowledge that I've acquired and you've acquired over the last 16 years in the fitness industry, you're managing hundreds of people. Right, So this is crucial information that we're spending this hour together, but we're doing what we said we're going to do. Even it's adopting the athlete's mindset, which is so crucial as a manager. Even when you aren't motivated, you get the job done. And that's what a true manager does. Right? They understand they have these like, you know, smart goals where they're specific and they're measurable and they're achievable and they're fucking you know, timely and all that sort of stuff. Like, they have them, but they also give them to their team. They also have one-on-ones every single week with their team. They don't make excuses and say they're more important than their team's time. Oh, I've got to do this. It's like, no, you sit down with your team member and you have their personal goals, you have their year goals. They have a vision of what it looks like for them to be employed by you in a year's time. And they know what success is. And they know what every single week and every single day and every single month, the incremental, incremental markers that they must achieve to get their success. And whether that be a pay rise or maybe a new job or maybe going from part-time to full-time, I don't care what it is or what their success is, that's up to you and them to decide. But they have this success. And every week you check in on the one-on-one with them, how they're going on week 52, on the 52-week journey to their success. And if you're not doing that, you're not managing them. And if you're not doing that, you're letting them down. If you're not doing that, you're not getting buy-in and they'll they'll just go somewhere else because your team members must have this vision of where the company's going and a vision of where they're going, and they must be intertwined together. Now, from that, they have KPIs on a daily basis. They're written KPIs. They understand the competency and the skills they must have to get these KPIs. You're supporting them to get there. They've got written documentation. You can just talk to them one day it's like, hey, Liam, make some sales calls. No, there's videos, there's scripts, and they know exactly, and you you coach them through it to start with. Now they have KPIs on what they need to do. They know how to take sessions. They know how to you know increase engagement. They know how to get people excited. They know what passion looks like. They know what passion doesn't look like. They have these clear KPIs, and it's, they understand the purpose for them in their role. They actually understand the purpose of the KPI because that's crucial as well. And it's, it's essentially these KPIs, they can assess them, did I win or did I lose? And that's crucial because if they're losing, then you've got to have a crucial conversation. And it's like, do you not feel like you know how to do it? Do you not feel like you have enough time to do it? What do you think you need to do to do it? What do you think you need more from me to get these KPIs done? And it's asking those four questions, which allows you to have that feedback, crucial conversation to help them perform and excel. But... Again, this is the person I used to be, which sucked as a manager. I sucked at getting feedback, okay, and then also people didn't want to give me feedback because I sucked at it so much. So then all of a sudden, the business wasn't moving forward how it should be because I was just running my own race, hoping people would come along with me. But instead, like you have to have feedback in an open and caring environment on a weekly basis. It's like, what are you you did this great this week, Liam, and this is what I need you to improve. And it's not emotional feedback. The feedback is not emotional whatsoever. This is just, this is what I saw, and this is what I need from you. And feedback can go through any level. I don't care if you're the cleaner. I don't care if you're the CEO. I don't care who you are. Anyone can give anyone feedback because that's how great companies excel. And if you don't have a safe place, then feedback doesn't happen. And when feedback doesn't happen, if people feel let down, people get passive-aggressive, or people get passive-aggressive, all of a sudden, normally they'll start writing inside your know, messages passive-aggressively instead. It's like, no, if you ever have a message that is has any type of attachment to emotion, you pick the fucking phone up or you have a face-to-face conversation because you writing an emotional message will fuck your culture faster than any sum of analogy that could fuck something quickly right now, a rabbit in a fucking paddock. Um, now, funny. with this, man... But, But so crucial, man, like feedback is the lifeblood of progression and regression in your staff's culture. And if you have a great staff culture, then you have great staff productivity. If you don't have feedback and you don't have productivity, then you have a company that's on the slide. And the companies that are on the slide is the ones that don't make it to that sort of 4% that win.
0: Yeah, man, like it's knowing you uh, more than just like a business partner, but as like a friend, um, people don't realize this that trav like genuinely and he admits this a lot like he he says this a lot that he genuinely hates uncomfortable conversations like um like it's just a thing like you've said it before it's just like you've always like grown up like trying to be liked um you know and that's like a big big deep value and driver for you and yeah any time you need to like have an argument or someone's pissing you off it's really really difficult for you to have that like take that step and have that conversation because every part of you just wants to run away.
1: It's very emotional and taxing. And after I I, I force myself to do it and I hate it when people do it to me by message because then it, like I carry that emotion until the conversation's done. It's like, we need to talk. This is what I'm feeling. It's like, don't you ever fucking do that to me because I'm feeling the emotion until the, out, until the finalization of the outcome. Now, like for me, like I hate it, but I know that, That's how organizations become great. That's how I know how I become a better person. So I force these crucial conversations upon myself. um, And I like hold on to so much like emotion until it's done. And, but I feel so good when they're done as well, because, you know, subconsciously we think they're the worst thing in the world, just like all these things that we create anxiety around. Right. And then when they're done, it's like, it feels like nothing. And we feel like we have a resolution and we can move forward. The fines, I was so—I used to be so bad at them. Um, and I'm so much better now. And I'm still a work in progress. And that's one of the biggest things I need to work on as a, as a manager. We're all work in progress, right? But with this, the better you can get at Crucial Conversations is the better your team can get on Crucial Conversations, which means that you can actually move faster as a company. You can make better decisions as a company. You can innovate better as a company. And that's, that's business.
0: What's the like biggest mistakes you've made in the last year or so, like with management? Um, man. <laughs> Is it hard? Like, cause I know like when you set KPIs, cause I do this all the time and I write them in a Google doc or whatever. And then like, it's not in my face and I forget about it, right? And like you just said it before on the whiteboard, which is like, it's in your face. Like you can't ignore it. Like your KPIs are there, like X amount of videos, X amount of reach outs, X amount of things. Like obviously like having that is really important. But like in the past, has that been like, have you let yourself like slide around, like having the KPIs in your face? Like
1: Yeah, I have. But I think the last year, and we've gone through a lot of transitions with the main company. In the last year, I questioned myself as a manager no, as a leader, I uh, have been and I believe I am a great leader. Okay, that's, that's, that's like me and my identity as a leader. I think I'm an amazing one um, and that's my ego. I just, it could be, but I think I'm just confident as a leader um, because I die for people. I literally die for people. Um, I don't care who you are. I will, I'll give you my money. I will fight for you. I'll drive fly across the country if you're in a hospital and you're like, I need you here. I don't even care if I know you. Like, that's who I am. Like, like I care so much about people um, that that is who I am as a leader. But for me as a manager, you know, we, we had like a great manager in play. And But what happened is they made me think that managing the company was more complex than what I thought it was. Um, and I questioned myself as a manager. And... I think for us as as any company, it's not complex. And I think that's the biggest thing with RBT is moving back to simplicity and understanding the stories and understanding the the leadership structures and understanding, you know, who we are as as a team. And, you know, leadership prevails before management. And if you can't lead, if you don't have leadership qualities, then you'll never be able to manage. And I think that is one of the biggest mistakes that I have made is I – I let, manage, I let the company be managed and not led, okay? okay? Such a crucial thing because all great companies must be led, not managed. So first you start with leadership. You start with buy-in. You start with your know, navigation. You start with respect. You start with like looking at like the law of the leaders, John Maxwell would say. You, you start with understanding all these crucial conversations and then as long as you have this leadership framework inside you and yourself and then you have inside your little team then they're ready to be managed, um, but they're kind of they're like kind of intertwined. But you can never manage someone unless they trust you, and they only trust you if you're leading them correctly. And I think that's honestly, man, that was my my trip up. Like if you're tripping on a rock, that was the rock I tripped over.
0: Yeah, it makes sense, man. Um, what other like? issues could, do you think like gym owners could face with like these daily huddles? Like, um, like what's, what problem solving stuff did you have to do at RBT like implementing these, these huddles? Like was it sometimes it was hard to keep them consistent or like, uh, anything else like that people can expect?
1: Um, yeah, man, like I think consistency is key because again, you start to justify, oh, I don't have enough time or, you know, is this a good use of my time? It's like a hundred percent good use It's only me and Jenny. It's like, yeah, have a daily huddle together. It's like there's two of you. I don't care if it's just one of you. If you have a daily huddle with yourself at 10, 21 every day, you sit there, what is my daily focus? Did I win yesterday? What are my key numbers? It's like you can manage yourself. You have to manage yourself before you manage your team. So this management criteria that we're setting today, this is how you start with yourself before you even have a team. And then you get your team on board. You know like your team members again, they must have their plan like we talked about. You must you know have a performance diary on how they're performing on a monthly basis, you know, have structures on how you're rating them. Maybe there's a five out one one to five in sales, a one to five in customer experience, a one to five in session delivery, there's a one to five in, you know, there's like twenty-five points. And it's like you can rate them like four out of five, three out of five, two out of five, and you have a little sentence or that that it actually includes. So it's like essentially what, how you're assessing them. Now, if someone's a 15 out of 25, that means they're like a C, right? That, that's, that's pretty shit. <laughs> and it's like, you know, do you want mastery inside your business? Or do you want like mediocrity? This is the truth. Mm. So you have to go, okay, cool. Like Jenny's a C, average right now. Um, now, this is what's going to get you to a B. And unless you have like ground zero, you can never build from it. So you have to assess. Okay? And now we've assessed. And when we're looking on our weekly meetings, okay, we're like Jenny, did you read that book? Jenny, have you read those 30 pages? Jenny, did you do that sales call? Jenny, have you practiced that script? Jenny, have you reached out to 10 members every single day? Jenny, are you reading that personal development so you can increase your self-love? Because that is what could be holding you back. Like all of a sudden you've assessed and they're a 15 out of 25, you have a 12 week goal to get them to a 20 out of 25. And they know exactly how to get there. Because if you have growth mindset individuals working for you, your business is unstoppable. And if they believe you are, they are bought, you're bought into them so much on a personal level, that will buy into your business every day of the week. And it's like, cool, now we got to 20 out of 25. Jenny, high five, they get, they get more confident. And they have more buy into you again. It's like Jenny, now we're getting from 25 or a B right now, we're gonna get up to an A. Okay. This is what we're gonna work on. We're looking at skill acquisition in the gym. We're looking at how you're actually doing your, your uh, articulation of how people are gonna be doing exercises, we're looking at your energy and your your how you're gonna create motivation, you're gonna learn how to anchor motivation with some fucking power move. I don't know. But like you you're doing this stuff for Jenny because your role as a manager and a leader, is to try and get her to her absolute potential in life, her absolute potential, her best interests. And if Jenny ends up leaving you, like that happens, like fuck, hope you had a good ride. But it is your duty, while they are giving you their life, because that's what they're doing, because their life is in your hands as a business owner, to try and protect them, give them security, and help guide them to their potential. Like, that is your job. Like, that is the burden that you wear. That's why I fucking die for people, right? Like For me, that's my mindset, like, and that's when people, like, I come back, and they're like, oh, I don't feel like, you know, you had my back then? i oh, like, that fucking hurts. Like, that hurts me the most. Because it's like, maybe I didn't have your back because you didn't reach out to me and let me know what you're going through. Because if, yeah, if anyone ever reached out to me, like, man, like, like I'll give you my shirt off my back and I've done that multiple times because I will go without as like Simon Sinek says like leaders eat last, right? I will go without for my team to survive and that is what a leader does and that is what a, a manager does and that's how you get your company the way you need to get it to.
0: With, um, oh man, it's it's been such an awesome chat. So like, I find it so humorous that when it comes to managing people, like we spent like half an hour saying like, you got to sort your own shit out <laughs> because it's so true. It's like, that is like 90% of it. Right?
1: Man, like your business will only grow as big as you grow. Like, and if you can grow yourself, um, and this is what I like, obviously for me, it's I, so I asked myself multiple times. It's like, you know, at the start of every year or towards the end of every year, it's like, who do I need to be next year for my team? Because, Like, you know, I worry about my team. My team uh, worries about our members. Uh, It's like, who do I need to be for my team? Who do I need to be for the next evolution of our business? Like, who do I need to be? Because that's who it starts with. Mm -hmm. And if you can really figure that out and what you need to work on to be 2.0, 3.0, 4.0 version of yourself, because if you're not evolving, your business will never evolve. And you will be the bottleneck. You will be the glass ceiling. And you will start making excuses and justifications, but it's back on you. You did it, like you broke it, and you have to be willing to then be vulnerable enough and courageous enough to admit that you have the ownership of the direction of the company. It all it all comes back to you, and you know. As again Simon Sinek says, it's like there's no debt bad de- teams, it's just bad leaders, and you know that's what you have to understand. Like you have to be the greatest leader, and you have to be the most supportive manager. And supportive manager doesn't mean you gotta get people let people get away with things. A supportive manager means you have the balls to step up and have the crucial conversations to try and help people get to mastery and excellence in themselves.
0: Hmm. I think what a lot of people don't realise is like you know, Trav obviously lives his life um, and pushes his himself and puts his goals out there very public publicly. And like, that's good for like, and heaps of different reasons, um, for goal setting and achievement, but I'm constantly amazed at the amount of direct messages you get, Trav, like on your Instagram and Facebook of people just being like, I am coming to work for you. Like find me a way to work for you. And like, that's, that's how we get such amazing stuff because like, like Trav said before, it's just like that work is life. Like, let's, let's be honest. It's like 40 hours a week. Like you spend more time at work than anywhere else. And people just want to be a part of RBT and want to be around Trav because they see that he's got his shit sorted. And even if it's not sorted, like he's trying to sort it and he's doing it very publicly. And it's like, yeah, you got you to gotta do that yourself, right? I think people
1: respect authenticity and people know, like one, they know who I am as a person because I'm very authentic and I'm very, I, put, I do put myself out there. But I think if you can be as authentic as you can be, Um, and truly serve as a manager and have people's best interests at heart that comes across, you have a self-awareness to understand, you know, what's going around internally, um, to manage your emotions, you know, like as, you know, Viktor Frankl would talk about, Um, you know, like I think that is one of the most crucial things. Like if you can learn to manage your emotions, learn to manage your energy, And then you can have essentially the ability to help other people do that. Then you'll have the ability to help your whole your whole company come outside of its comfort zone and Excel. I think that's, that's the biggest thing that anyone wants in life.
0: So to summarize guys, obviously (laughs) to be a good manager, you have to actually level up as a person um, and you need to, yeah, surround yourself with people that help you level up, obviously. Um, but then have by doing that and leveling up, people want to be surrounded by you and then they want to be led and managed by you. Um, and then the other thing is like, we talked about is KPIs and it's just like your business isn't as complex as you think it is. Like Travis said with RBT, that was a big mistake that he, that he made. And now it's like coming back to simplicity and it's like daily huddles and key KPIs X, Y, and Z every single day. 10 21 a.m and just by doing that um all of a sudden it becomes so apparent whether the day is one or the day is lost so if you're, you're sitting here and you're wondering like how you can grow your gym and you know you probably need more leads and sales or you know you need better staff or whatever it is but you have no idea how to figure out what your kpis are you have no idea what you need to track you have no idea how you can be more productive and you, you honestly like want to level up you want to be around people that are leveling up um, you guys know where to find us. Like go to www.fitproformula.com. You can read our letter there. We're obviously offering a 30 client guarantee in 90 days as well, which is pretty epic. Um, but we'll teach you all of this stuff as well. Like how to figure out what KPIs to have. So you can put it on your whiteboard and you can never ignore it and how to have these daily huddles with your team. Um, so message the page, go to www.fitproformula.com. Um,
1: you also get bro. I think what you do when we coach you, you get surrounded by people who are achieving. And I think that's the biggest thing. And you are forced to achieve. Because when we have a call every single week, I'll look in your face, because we have a Zoom call just like this. And I'll say, what the fuck are you doing if you aren't doing your job? Because like I'll force... I, me, I'm a very um, transparent person, right? I will tell people how it is, and is. I'll be like this is your goal for the next seven days. If you turn up to this call with me seven days later and you didn't do it, I'll ask you why. And then I'll ask you, is that the best version of yourself? And I'll ask you why. And then I'll ask you, are you willing to let go of those stories you're telling yourself and marry the you know person you're supposed to become, right? Like, And I'll talk to you in the group every day because now you have an accountability post you must do every day for seven days because clearly that's what you need to get the success. So I was like, I don't, man. Like there are so many ways to grow a gym, um, and I think you know we have some really cool ways to grow a gym. Like don't get me wrong, um, but I think some of the biggest stuff is the accountability and the mindset shift when you get clarity on how to actually do it. Because all of a sudden, your competence competence increases, but your confidence skyrockets, right? And then people start crushing two, three sales every single day. And their confidence skyrockets even more because they're like, fuck, I'm actually winning now. And like, like that's invaluable. Like feeling like you're walking through fucking quicksand as a business owner to then feel like, and you're familiar with it. That's the problem. Mm. I did a video around this earlier today. It's like, the problem is, is so many people are familiar with mediocrity. They think that that's just how life is. No, life is not like that. Your life doesn't have to be mediocre. Your life can be fucking anything you want to, you want to fucking do where you have this gym and you fucking travel around the world and you want to you want a, bank, a house on the beach, like do that. Like your life can be exceptional. It can be amazing. You have to level up to do that, though. You have to say, like, mediocrity is no longer for me and I am, I am familiar with it right now. I've tolerated shit standards. I'm leveling up. I'm surrounding myself about, around people who are also leveling up and that will force me to level up even more, even faster because there's not one more second on this earth that I will tolerate beating, being mediocre. And I think when you get to that point, it just shit gets real. And then your business starts to move because your new standards don't let you stay back.
0: Yeah, man. It's like your business and your life looks exactly the way it is uh, because of the decisions that you've made and those decisions could be conscious. Those decisions could be unconscious, but like no one has a business in life. That's like different to what they deserve. Like, Mm. like if you're sitting here right now, like you hundred percent deserve that money, that whatever figure is in your bank account right now, that's what you currently deserve, because of the decisions that you've been making. And so, like, when you realize that, well, you've just chosen to like have a business that's not doing very well, like that's reality. Well, if if you have the power to choose that, which you have, <laughs> and you and you have the power to create it, which you have, well, why not choose to create something awesome? Why not choose to create something that's fucking unbelievable?
1: A hundred percent. It's like your potential in life is stepping forwards or stepping backwards. There is no standing where you are, right? So the best version of yourself, the person you were born to be on this earth, like who are they and are you living up to that right now? And if the answer is no, you need to change something. Mm. You need to do something different to get a different result. (laughs) Like that's it.
0: Yeah, that's right. If you want something different, do something that you've been doing it's probably not going to change
1: yeah it's like oh i'm gonna have a different business tomorrow but i'm just gonna do the same shit like it doesn't work like that like if you want a new business you want a different business if you want a better quality of life right like people don't go i'm just gonna lose weight tomorrow no they, they they can't they need more education they need more accountability most of the time accountability is the biggest thing with losing weight it's like liam did you do your walking today Show me yeah. a screen capture of your steps. Okay, yeah. Liam. No worries. And like for you, the more accountability you give someone, the more you can charge, right, Liam? I'm on, I'm gonna fucking go to the shops with you every week. Right? Like Don't the, the, the
0: higher buy that Mars the, bar.
1: Yeah, but the higher the accountability you give someone, one, the more they should pay you. But two, the more you're forcing them to up-level. You're literally taking away any form of self-sabotage, justification blame excuses you're you're forcing them to be a victor in life like forcing them like you're twisting their arm and then the least and the less and the less um accountability you give them is the more room that you're giving themselves to slip back into bad habits
0: 100 mm. percent, mm. man <laughs> what a sick conversation really enjoyed it thank you everyone Next week, we've got uh, leadership. So kind of continuing on this path. Um, but yeah, today was more about management. But yeah, next one will be about leadership. So stay tuned, guys. Um, yeah, peace out. Peace out.
1: Catch you later, guys.